Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. You can take your seats. I do really believe this is a a message straight out of the Father's heart. We've just begun a series called There Is More. Everybody say, There Is More. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, There Is More. There is more. And um, let me just tell you something. We only have because He has given to us. I think about it. Like, we're actually such a blessed people. We're such a blessed people. The very breath in our lungs belongs to Yahweh. Everything we are and everything we have belongs to Him and comes from Him. The Bible says that all good things come down from the Father of lights. So everything you can praise God for praise for, just be thankful for, actually came from God. Um, He's given you and I so much, and yet, this blows my mind, yet there is more. There actually is more. And um, a big part of what I want to share today, well, I, I pray that the message I share today just stirs us to believe and contend for more to believe and contend for more, to open our eyes to the more, what God is doing behind the scenes, because there's a lot more at play than what you and I usually see. God is doing more than you think. God wants to give more than you think, and He wants to lead you further than you think. And so there is more. This week, I, um, I, Dad came to my rescue at, uh, a, a couple of days ago this week. This week was a, a week full of like setbacks and distractions. If anyone here has ever had a child, we just, Vanessa just gave birth to a beautiful baby named Elias, my son, our son. And boy, is he a distraction. Like, I'm still, I don't even, like, I feel so overwhelmed with all the newness of this, like, just parenting. Like, I never could have imagined something so, uh, that could so drastically change my life. And uh, I might, I might touch a little bit on that in a, in later on. But, um, this week was filled with distractions. I got sick at some point this week, and um, I broke down. It's like there were so many things that just kept happening, and I broke down um, at West Point Shopping Center in Blacktown, and I didn't have any jumper leads. I'm asking around. No one's got any jumper leads. Luckily, I, Dad lives literally down the road from the shopping center. I gave him a call, and he came to my rescue. Dad came with some jumper leads, and uh, we jumped out of the car, and it was all good. But I was stuck unless someone came to rescue me. I actually had no option but to call out for help to to move forward from where I was. I was stuck. I had no power, and I needed to I needed a jump start. And here's the thing, right? You can't move forward in God unless you press in for what you need. Sometimes we think, you know, it's just going to come by default. You know what? God wants to give you a lot by default. In fact, your salvation is a gift, but He's waiting for people to receive that free gift. And he's calling you to press in for what you need. Contend for freedom from addiction. Contend for financial breakthrough, for physical healing, vision for the future, self-control, boldness, courage, patience, joy, faith, hope, and love. Not by our might, but by his empowerment, by his spirit. That's what the Lord says. He says, not by your might or your power, but by the spirit. That's, what he, that's how he causes us to be the people he's called us to be. So I want to talk about the more, and I want to challenge you to press in. There is more available. And this morning, he wants to open your eyes to become aware of the more. Don't miss out on the more that is available. Don't miss out on what he wants to do just because you can't see it or you don't yet perceive it. One of my favorite movies growing up was The Lion King. 
okay? And there's this really cute scene where Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa are laying out on the grass in the middle of the night, and they're staring up at the stars. And um, Timon is like this typically condescending sort of uh, sociopathic character, um, and he's, he's completely self-obsessed, and he's just so um, convinced that he knows everything about the world. And so they start speculating about the stars, what's out there, and, and what are these things that we call stars? We look at the sky, and what is it? And so Pumba starts uh, explaining what he thinks it is. He says, you know, um, oh no, he asks Timon, and Timon says, they're fireflies. The stars are fireflies. They're stuck up on that bluish black thing up there. And then Pumbaa's like, oh, I always thought there were big balls of gas burning millions and millions of light years away. And then Timon says, to you, Pumbaa, everything's gas. <laughs> and, but I think that's such a, that's such a um, cute little observation on humanity. The reality is until something's proven or until um, we, we see them all, often we take things at face value. You know, we perceive the surface um, of what's happening, you know. Uh, as humans, we perceive the surface level. We, have, we perceive with surface level perception. But there is more. There's more at play. There's more room to grow. There's more to see. As Lion King uh, put it, there's more to see than can ever be seen, more to do than can ever be done. That's the circle of life lyrics. And... Um, don't worry, I'm not going to quote Lion King the whole time. And yet we choose to limit our perception to a surface level reality. We do. We live our lives limited with this uh, surface level reality perception. But it takes a prophetic people to perceive the deeper purposes at play. It takes a prophetic people. What's well, a prophetic people? A people that can see and call things as God does. Heavenly perspective. And our God calls things that are not as though they were. So he's calling us to be a prophetic people, to dream and believe and to see the deeper, the more. And so he wants to stir us, even in what we'll talk about the building as well. But like there is, there's so much, at, whoa, there is so much at play. God's really trying to get your attention this morning, ladies and gentlemen. There's so much. It's like the cringe pastor jokes when the sound goes wrong. Um, okay, it takes prophetic people. We're going to be reading from John chapter 6, where Jesus feeds the 5,000, all right? And um, why are there 5,000 people following Jesus? Let me tell you. People followed him because they wanted more. They had just reached, there's a gathering, there's a, there's a growing crowd, a number of people that are seeing who Jesus is and what he can do. And the crowd is just growing and growing and growing. They've seen what he can do and they want more. They're hungry after seeing the miracles. So this is a story about the more. In John chapter 6, if you've got your Bibles here, turn to John chapter 6. This is a story about the more. There was more to expect. Everybody say more. There was more to expect. There was more to be seen and there was more left over. At the end of the story. All right. Um, who can I ask to fix that? Is it this? All right. Um, thanks, Andrew. Okay. Let's read it. John chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. Man, if you're not awake now, if you weren't awake before, you're awake now. Okay. John chapter 6, verse 1. Okay, let's read it. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs. Here it is. Because, everybody say because. Because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. 
So all these, all these people are following him. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was in here. Now, you want to perceive them more in God? If you want to perceive them more in God, you've got to increase your appetite. You really do. You've got to be hungry. I mean, Tony was just sharing before about like wanting more. Like we've got to press in for it in, in worship. But if you've got an appetite, let me tell you, God's going to fill it. Okay? You need an appetite to even perceive the more. If you don't have an appetite, you're not going to see it. You're going to be blind to what God is doing. Your appetite will determine how far the Lord can lead you. Right? These people followed Jesus because they had seen him work wonders and they were still hungry. They wanted to see more. There was more and Jesus wasn't done. Right? Think about, think about in our human nature, it is natural to have an appetite. If we don't have an appetite, there's something wrong. We're sick or, or something's gone uh, wrong. We don't just graduate from eating. All right, that's a good word right there. We don't just gra- graduate from eating. Every day, it's a new day, and I may have had pancakes, KFC, and all portos yesterday, but today I'm ready. No, I didn't. I didn't. But today I'm ready once again to eat another full help. It's like Vanessa and I were, talk- were sitting at our t- dinner table the other night, and we've been married for three years. We've had this table for three years, and it's already destroyed. It scratches everywhere, stains and all of that. But we're just sitting there, and we're like, wow, think about how many hundreds, if not thousands of meals we've had over this table. The different people that have come and, and all the memories that we've had. And um, the reality is your appetite is a sign of how healthy you are. And we don't graduate from eating. A good, healthy metabolism actually eats more often. And, and lately, I've been thinking about the story of Elijah. Now, in the Old Testament, there's a story of this man, Elijah, um, who was a standout prophet in his time where um, essentially in the nation of Israel, this was still God's people, the nation of Israel, they had abandoned following God because they had a king that did not follow God. But there was this one man, Elijah, that was willing to stand up for God. And so he sets up a competition and he asks the, the prophets of the false god to come and set up an altar. And he was going to set up an altar. And what he says is, he says, let's both call upon our own gods and see which god is real. Set up an altar, put a bull on the altar, I'll put a bull on mine, and let's call down fire from heaven. And whichever altar is consumed by fire will be evidence for which god is the true god. And so he gives them time and they start, you know what, this is really cool as well. They start, they start praying and, um, you know, singing and chanting for fire to come down and nothing happens. And so Elijah starts to throw sarcastic comments their way. And he's like, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe he can't hear you. Maybe shout a little louder. And you know what? Elijah's one of the two people that got taken up into heaven. He never died. So there you go. That is scriptural evidence for why sarcasm is allowed in Christianity. <laughs> But so Elijah's, Elijah's there, he's being sarcastic, he's got a bit of a tude, and um, he's, he's, he's making fun of them. And then what he does, he goes to his altar, and you know what? He's got, a, he's got an unquenchable and insatiable like, appetite for God to come and consume the altar in that moment. And you know what he does? He's so, he has an expectation for the more in that moment. And so he starts to absolutely drench the altar. You know, he's, he's not just hoping that maybe this altar will catch fire by some, you know, natural phenomenon and there'll be a spark somewhere or the heat or whatever. He tries to make it as impossible as, as possible. And it actually says in Scripture that this was, this was no trick. 
right? Because he starts to build the altar in front of them. So everyone can see him building the altar. He sets up the altar in front of them because it says he's restoring the altar of the Lord. So there was no like trickery. It was in front of everyone. And then what he does is he starts pouring water on the altar to make it even harder for God to consume the altar. It's like, if, if this happens, it has to be God. He's got an appetite for the things of God and he knows he's got an expectation says they killed the false prophets. There was a radical transformation in that nation. A radical transformation in that nation. Okay, so there's a contrast there between the world and heavenly resource. When it seems impossible, there is more room for faith. There is more to be expected. Faith looks like risk, as people have said. Believing for fire in the midst of water. Believing for rain in the middle of a three-year drought. What we have faith for, we will get. There is more. Everybody say, there is more. Turn to your neighbor and say, increase your faith, brother or sister. It's, it's time to believe for more. You need to have an appetite for the more to go after the more. Romans 8, 28, we know this, that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I have a confident expectation of the goodness of God in my life, even in pain, even in hardships, even in disappointments. Because when something's going on, I know that God is working it together for my good. I've got an appetite to see the more. There is more at play. What I'm experiencing right now, it's not the full picture. We need to take those surface level reality uh, uh, specs off and see what's happening, the deeper things that are happening, the deeper narrative. Okay, let's continue reading. Verse 5 of John 6. All right. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming to him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Now he asked this only to test him for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Now this is, this is usually like my attitude. This Philip guy is a, a glass half empty sort of guy. He's aware of the lack. Okay. He's like, are you serious, Jesus? We would need like over half a year's wages just to feed this many people. This isn't going to work. Another of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy, maybe this is you. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? This is like the half glass full um, a glass half full sort of mentality, right? Where you look at the glass, you see it's half full, you've got a positive attitude about it, but you just, you know it's not full. Like something's got something's to give. And so these two attitudes here are contrasting, but Jesus comes in with a different attitude. And uh, Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. And Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted People had an appetite. They could have seconds, thirds, fourths, as we do in our family. And uh, he did the same with the fish. When they, had all, when they had all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. And so they gathered them and filled 12 baskets. Everybody say 12 baskets. 
We'll come back to that at the end. Twelve baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over for those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. So you want to perceive the more in God, increase your appetite, and watch your attitude. And this is something I got to work on all the time. You got to watch your attitude, okay? Attitude can shift your direction big time, okay? Attitude is like the rudder on a ship. Attitude is like the, the uh, track switcher on the train tracks. You know, you can, like you can move a whole train just with one switch, okay? You're switching the tracks over. Um, and, and attitude, right? With bad attitude, it's even possible to ruin a visit to Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. Like, I've had, I've had, like, we've planned the perfect holidays in our past, and because of my attitude, the amount of times I've managed to ruin dates or holidays, like, will astound you. Like, I was thinking about, um, we went to New Zealand before the borders closed with some really close friends, uh, Sam and Tomo and Vanessa, and we went, and it was also Vanessa and I's, like, I think, one or two year anniversary, and we're in another country, which you take for granted now, in another country, in New Zealand, rolling green hills, absolutely beautiful, with best friends, with family, like enjoying life on a holiday, going to, someone, going to Stan and Grace's wedding. And um, it was beautiful. It was such an awesome opportunity. I was a driver, and, um, and I, I'm taking for granted this beautiful experience. And because I'm tired, I choose to have an attitude. And I start getting like a little bit irritated about like every little small thing that comes my way, right? Like we, we, I'm not listening to the music that I like, or we take the wrong route and it's taking longer than I expected, or I don't get the snacks that I want, whatever it is, right? It becomes money wasted, time wasted, and memories missed. Because of my attitude, I missed out on the more, right? You need the right attitude to perceive the more. Like you won't even see or perceive the more. You know, what you, I think I said this earlier, you won't receive what you don't perceive. So if you want to perceive, the, if you want to receive what you perceive, you've got to work on what you perceive. Now, you won't be able to perceive them more unless you have the right attitude. You've, you, if you're calloused and if you are, what's the word? There's a song that I uh, wrote a lyric about this. Uh, Prodigals come, come. Um, the cynical uh, find faith. So sometimes you can be cynical, and the cynical people miss out on the beauties of life. You know, you can choose to have a cynical, uh, disgruntled uh, outlook on life, or you can romanticize uh, your journey. And you can, you can kind of enjoy and be uh, praise-filled about what you're going through. Anyway, you need the right attitude to perceive them all. Philip can see what's needed, right? So he sees the lack. We need to feed 5,000, the glass half empty type of attitude. Andrew can see what's available. Now that you might commend, but even that's just focusing on the supply. Five loaves and two fish, that's the glass half full. But only Jesus saw what's possible. The glass is irrelevant. And with God, all things are possible. Like my dad is like this to the point where like me and him, we get into tiffs because he seems so at times... So like, are you even in your right mind with the amount of faith you have? Like he doesn't even look at what is what we have. It's not about the lack. It's not about the supply. It's about what God said. And we need to be, if, if you want to be a prophetic people, this is what it looks like. It looks like seeing what God sees and hearing what God says. And if you want to experience the more, you've got to let go of what you, 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 the, what you see and uh, hold on to who he is. 
So, is your attitude holding you back? Or can you see what's possible? Think about the promised land, right? The, the 12 spies that were sent out to the promised land, to Jericho. The 10 spies came back, had a bad report. Two spies came back with a good report. Those two spies got to see the promised land. The rest of them missed out. An attitude. These two spies had an attitude that God can. We believe in the God who can. Five loaves and two fish, our God can. So there must be more to the story. You know, the five loaves and two fish, like sometimes we see it, um, you know, depicted as like these massive, nice big bread loaves and like these two massive like trouts or salmon or whatever. Like this was a small boy's lunch. It talks about barley loaves. These things are like wafers. So five small little wafers and two, they said in, in um, what's the place that they were at? Uh, the Mag- Magdala was the location they were in, right? And in the Magdala markets, um, it was more likely that they were selling like, um, like sardine type fish, like really small fish. This was a small boy's lunch. So like if you thought five loaves and two fish was small for 5,000, which it is, like big loaves and two big fish, I'm talking smaller, like the most impossible you can ever imagine. This is our God. Think about it. Like God, God took Gideon's army and shrunk it down, shrunk it down, shrunk it down until it was an army of 300 and said, now go into battle. And I'll show you that I'm the God who can. Okay. Uh, um, this was enough for a small boy's lunch. So what, what do we see here? This is a meal prepared for a small boy, but it was enough to satisfy everyone. And I think there's something to look at there. We might look at it in a little bit. But our thought... A thought on our attitude towards inter- interruptions, right? I was talking about interruptions earlier. Interruptions. This week was full of them. Um, my car failed. My baby exists. Um, you know, the amount of times that, um, well, like the baby, like the baby pretty much is in like sleep, poo or eat um, phase. So either Vanessa's feeding, and so I'm trying to support Vanessa and the feeding and then burping. Um, well, then he's done feeding, and so it's time to nappy change. And he's done, he does at least maybe three poo explosions weekly at the moment, maybe four. But, like, when I say poo explosions, I'm talking, like, projectile poo. So, like, if Jimmy, if you're watching the stream, I'm sorry. But um, on the wall, on our cupboards, on the floor, he projectile pooed all over my leg. And I'm very, like, because of my mum, I've got this uh, sanitary complex. Like, I've got a... Um, I'm like a cleanaholic. Like I, I freak out if the house is a mess. And he pooed all over me and I'm freaking out. I was like frozen. It was gross. Um, but that just, it just kept happening. But you know what? These interruptions, right? Think about, think about this, right? Our lease was running out, okay, in this building. And we didn't know where we were going to go. And all these things are like interruptions. You feel like you're just getting into the rhythm. Like I felt like I was just getting into the rhythm of working here at church. Like I feel like I'm getting like a really awesome rhythm and, and getting really productive. And now this baby comes in and like I have to like rethink everything. Um, take a moment to perceive the more within the mess. There is more to what you see. God is doing things behind the scenes, working within the chaos. There's, like, think about the, the character development that's happening. You know, I'm, I'm working with this baby, and Dad told me when he gave, when Mom and Dad gave, like, when they had me, Mom gave birth to me. Um, Dad looked at me, and he said, wow, like, he, he, like everyone's always told me, you're going to learn so much about God when you have this baby. And Dad is like, he looked at me, he's like, wow. You know, my life is not my own now. I get to give my life to yours. And I look at my son and I think, my life is not my own. <laughs> and I think, I feel guilty saying this. I'm going to grow in it. But I'm just thinking like, um, this is crazy, essentially, right? It's like, I'm, this is what I've learned. I told Vanessa this. I've realized just how much pride I really have. 
There's a lot of character development going on right now. Like I thought I was like a, a humble guy and I love serving people and I love people and all that sort of stuff. But honestly, this kid, right, constant interruptions. We're feeding Elias and we time it so we can have some dinner together. And there was one time, for example, we've, I think we've done this a couple of times. We did, we did like a menu log or an Uber Eats. And we ordered some food and we've timed it so he's, he's going to be asleep and we can watch a movie or we can spend time together. And he wakes up as the food is being delivered. And so you should see me like I don't look like a Christian when this happens. I'm getting really frustrated that I'm going to have to eat my Macca's cold. And I'm just, and it's like, it shows like, why am I getting upset about like an $11 meal versus like this beautiful sun? And it's an opportunity for me to grow in my character development. And it hasn't, I haven't overcome it yet. So don't clap me. <laughs> but I'm just saying this, right? It seems, he seems to time it perfectly. Um, it's like he knows that he's working on dad's character. So thank you, Elias. You're doing a great job. Um, but this is a moment to go, like, think about the disciples, right? They would have thought that this feeding moment was an interruption, right? Like Jesus is teaching and he's teaching well, and this did not have to happen. But if it didn't happen, they wouldn't have experienced the miracle that day, right? Like the lease, our lease running out in this building. You know, this is like a repetitive thread in our story as a church. Our lease runs out, we get kicked out, we move to something way better. And we see more salvations, we see more miracles, more breakthrough, Right? Don't settle. There is way more for GGC. There is way more for your family. There is way more for you. There's way more for the business that you're running. There's way more artistic ideas that God wants to give you. There is so much more to what you're experiencing right now. And there's a deeper story. There's a deeper uh, narrative going on behind the scenes that he wants to open your eyes to. Take a look at the interruption that you may be facing and ask yourself, what's God saying to me? If you want to perceive the more, it requires an attitude that chooses to see God doing the more in the midst of the mundane. The attitude you wear will determine the path that you'll walk. The attitude you wear will determine the path that you'll walk. So you want to perceive the more in God, increase your appetite, watch your attitude. And lastly, submit or check your agenda. Because I think sometimes we've got the wrong agenda. You know, there's a Christ-aligned agenda and then there's like a me agenda. Okay? Your agenda can manipulate what you perceive. Check your agenda to perceive the more that God actually has for you. All right? As we said, it's in our human nature. It's natural to actually have an appetite for more food. We don't graduate from eating. Okay? It's important that we have an appetite. There's a, good, a good healthy metabolism eats more often. All right? There's a more that's for us. But here's the thing. There's a more that's not for us. Okay? There's a more that's not for us. Think about gluttony, right? One of the seven deadly sins that Leon is overcoming in Jesus' name. Gluttony is greed and envy. And it's a desire for things that God has not assigned for us, right? It's fueled by pride, okay? And we actually see in the next chapter, we turn over, actually the end of this chapter, we see these people continue to follow Jesus, but for a different agenda. They think, if Jesus can multiply bread, we'll never have to work again. This guy can feed us for the rest of our lives. This, is, this truly is heaven on earth. No more work. But that wasn't the point of what Jesus was doing. He was trying to open up their eyes to the fact that, yes, the kingdom of God is at hand. But what does that look like? It means living a heaven on earth lifestyle. It means loving. It means laying down your life. It means freely giving, right? And so, but they had an agenda that wasn't Christ aligned, but self aligned, okay? The downfall... I think there's something else to look at here, right? The downfall in 
overlooking or possibly overlooking the child's food, okay, there's something to learn here. Um, what was purpose to feed a child fed them all. And I think there's a deeper word to uncover here. In Matthew chapter 18, right, and this speaks to agenda. We see a connection. Matthew chapter 18, the disciples came to Jesus and they asked him, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child to him and placed the child among them on his lap. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What's he saying? Well, here it is. Therefore, Whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. What's Matthew 18 saying? Unless you become like a child, you never inherit the kingdom. Unless you're not looking for status or unless you become the lowest. You know, in Jewish tradition, the elders had the highest ranking and the children had the lowest ranking. It's like they weren't important. They weren't important. They were shushed out of the meetings, right? And... Um, after they began arguing about who will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, Jesus was imploring them to become like children. Whoever takes the position of a child is the greatest. Think about the children's table. Who here remembers being stuck on the children's table before the adult table? You started on the children's table. You didn't get to graduate to the adult table until you stopped uh, talking nonsense and being an annoying little child. Right? You, you're kind of pushed off to the child's table. Essentially, what Jesus is saying is stop trying to seek the head of the table. Sit down at the children's table. You know, if you've got an agenda that isn't about elevating yourself, you're going to see the more of God. If you don't have a prideful agenda, if you've got a, 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 an agenda that aligns with humility, aligns with seeing the kingdom of God advance, let, let me tell you this, right? You've got to ask yourself what your agenda is. Your more is found in Him, belonging to Him, desiring Him, hearing Him, okay? And pride is the biggest hindrance to receiving the more of God, okay? And He has called us to advance the kingdom. So here's the question. Is your agenda to see more of your kingdom or more of His kingdom? Because that'll determine what sort of more you get. Remember, there's a more that's for you and there's a more that's not for you. There's a more that's healthy and there's a more that's gluttonous, and God is calling us to, to, to contend for them all, but make sure your agenda is Christ-aligned. His agenda. Watch how you pray. Watch how you worship. Watch what you confess and dream and believe for. And then, when aligned with His agenda, everybody say, His agenda. When aligned with His agenda, watch Him lead you into the more. Remember, God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. If you're looking for grace to do, to be, and to see more, come to Him in humility. Come to Him and say, look, I can't feed the 5,000, but I know you can. I've only got five loaves and two fish, but I know you've got more. If your agenda is Christ-aligned, you'll perceive the more that He has for you. The disciples had the humility to bring forth the boy's lunch, and they got a miracle. So increase your appetite. Watch your attitude and check your agenda to perceive and access the more God is calling you today, calling you to today. Think about like, there are, there are more miracles. If you're waiting for, on God for a miracle, the miracles are there. They're waiting. There's more provision. There are more business opportunities and artistic direction and vision for the future. And as a church, I believe there's more ground to take. You know, God's call, God wants us to see more of the kingdom advance with salvations and culture development and influence and impact and, um, and, and the building, think about the building, right? The promised land for us. D do you have a good report about what God's going to do? 
Do you have a good report about what God's going to do? Think about the state of the earth. And you think, if you look at the world and you think, man, this world is in chaos and it needs help and everyone's going, everyone's doing everything wrong. God has called you to make a difference. Perceive what He wants to do. Contend for the more. Ultimately, let me finish with this. Ultimately, the more is found in Jesus. So let me tell you about the more, okay? So you contend for the more, but guess what? The more actually blesses you, okay? Even though it's not a, a self-aligned more, it's a Christ-aligned, think about how this story finishes. There are 12 baskets left over. So as you serve Him, as you fix your eyes on Him, and as you pour out your resource and your effort, you will be provided for in excess. The Bible says that Jesus came to give life abundantly, excessively. The key is His kingdom first. As His Word says, six first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And Jesus is going to open eyes to perceive them all and what He's doing behind the scenes by the power of His Spirit. A little personal testimony. God is opening up my eyes. He see, we, we see like the prophetic thread of what's going on in our lives all the time. And even just last week, right? Um, Vanessa woke up Sunday morning, like 1 a.m. Um, to feed. And, and I was burping the baby. And I hear like some noise coming from her room. And I'm like, what the heck is she watching? And she's listening to the Bible, okay? And she opens up the Bible plan that she had stopped since the baby was born. So it was the day that was scheduled um, to read on Elias' birthday. And so the 20th of March... And it's this story, right? the five loaves and the two fish. And so she's reading it and she's like, oh, that's interesting. And we, we didn't think much of it. I'm just thinking, why are you reading the Bible at 1 a.m. in the morning? And then we come to church and dad starts talking. He, he referenced the five loaves and the two fish again. And he's talking about, we got to come and, and for this building, this, this, this mission that we have, we, we want to take this ground. We got to give what we can to uh, continue this generational legacy to prepare a place for our children. And then CJ comes up and shares the same word with the same scripture. And for us, it's like three times in the same day, we're reading John chapter six, five loaves and two fish to come and bring what we can bring. And it was like confirmation for me and Vanessa. It stirred us in faith to believe for the more. You know, sometimes the more looks like having less. And so we felt faith, because you can only do it by faith, to give what God was speaking to us to give to this building project. And so we're going to give what we're going to give, um, but because God gave us faith and we can see the more and we know there's something deeper happening and that we can actually, you know what? This isn't the end of the story. We don't end up with less money. In fact, when you put first His kingdom, He looks after you. All things will be added unto you. In the same way, like God, God is doing so much. There's a testimony here about, uh, maybe this, you can call me super spiritual. But this building, right, let me tell you, we're moving to Leichhardt. The day that we start, um, that we will pay the deposit, the 3rd of August, just happens to be the exact day to the date, seven years from when we moved into Leichhardt the first time. And I think that there's something uh, prophetic and like a deeper thread to the narrative that's happening here. Seven years speaks of completion. Okay, And it's like God revealed to us what He was going to do seven years ago. And seven years to the date, we pay a deposit on a building that we get to own. And let me tell you, let me go a little bit deeper. And again, you might think this is super spiritual, but 
Okay, 30 years, right? This church has been around for 30 years. Okay, and we're moving to this building. We've been contending for a, a building for a long time. 30 years. Like Dad said, that uh, people have prophesied that something was going to happen in our 30th year. Now, we're going to be here. And you know what? For three years, we're going to be paying off this building. We're going to be raising money. And on the fourth year, God willing, we will own the building. And can I tell you something about the fourth year? Jesus started his ministry at 30 years old. He finished his ministry at 33 years old. He died, resurrected, and he left it to us. So on the fourth year, the first year of the early church, revival broke out and the Spirit of God breathed into his people. And I think there's something about the completion, the seven days of rest. There's something prophetic going on. And you know what? If you can sense what God is doing by faith, you will believe and you will align yourself with the the God agenda the Christ-aligned agenda. And you know what? This first year of us owning our building and our whole history is going to far outpace and outweigh everything we've seen God do for 33 years. It's going to be like, God. Jesus said this. He said, you've seen what I do, but greater works shall you do also. And it's like the 33 years have been incredible, but let me tell you what we've yet to see is going to blow your mind. So in the meantime, let's finish with this. Psalm chapter 100, verse 4. The Bible says we enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. So the biggest thing here, have an appetite, have the right attitude, and um, have the correct agenda. And if you can be thankful in all of that, you'll see the more happen. You'll see God pull you into the more because there is more. Let's say it together. There is more. Go. There is more. There is more. We prophesy and we declare it. We speak it out into the heavens. We speak it out into the earth. You say what we loose in heaven, we loose in the earth. And what we bind in heaven, we bound in the earth. And Father, we thank you that you have given us this building. Father, we thank you that you are seeing freedom in families, freedom from addiction. Father, we thank you that you have spoken healing over your church 2,000 years ago. So we speak it over your people even now. Father, we thank you for peace when there is anxiety. Father, we thank you for joy when there is depression. Father, we thank you that there is more. The story is not over. The narrative is not over. There is more to what's going on. So Father, we we ask that you would open up our eyes even now to perceive what you are doing, the more that you are doing. Fill us by your power. Fill us so that we would see what you see and hear what you're saying. In Jesus' mighty name. been listening to the ggc life podcast we hope this message has encouraged you for more please visit our website ggclife.com or email us ggclife at ggclife.com from our house to yours be blessed